0: Hello, and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away, you fur. And joining me tonight for this very special PJ Fleck Got Paid edition of the podcast is Gopher Guy 05. Don't you mean PJ Got paid?
1: Get it? Paid pa- uh, Yeah, it's a bad dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> PJ Got Money,
0: y'all! <laughs> paid that man his money. Andy, I'm going to start it off really simply. We've had a chance to review the contract at this point. How would you grade this contract?
1: Uh, I'd have to probably give it a solid A. Um, You know, the only way you could potentially downgrade it as an A- is that possibly the U gave up a little too much on cutting the buyout in half or more than half um, from year one to year two. Um, But other than that, when you look at the terms, when you look at the... Um, you know, the rest of the buyout numbers, I, I don't see any way where this isn't a, a win-win for everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm very much of the same opinion. Um, I think what's interesting is, so obviously, uh, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to review it and we'll break the contract down on the blog as well. So you'll get to see it if you're a numbers person who likes to see them. Uh, but the buyout and there's two types of buyouts here. We're talking about, there's the buyout that Minnesota owes coach Fleck If they fire him without cause Uh, there's also the buyout that coach Fleck owes if he leaves and terminates the agreement prior to the end of the contract and so for now we're talking about the buyout that coach Fleck owes and that first year buyout is ten million dollars which is really an astronomically large buyout Uh, certainly there are going to be schools who could pay that money but most schools aren't going to want to pay that money, and a ton of schools won't be able to pay that money because they'll have you know, been firing their previous coach and owe that previous coach money. Um, that buyout ends uh, December 31st, or uh, changes December 31st, 2020. So essentially it goes from $10 million to $4.5 million. But what's genius to me, I think it was really easy to look at that and go, oh, that's just for one year. But in reality... Andy, I mean, are you with me on this? That's essentially a two-year deal because the early signing period will have already happened and the majority of schools in this new world are going to try to have their coach hired before the early signing period.
1: Yeah, I think that's the kicker on that is is it is after the early signing period. So um, while it is definitely possible, if you remember, Minnesota hired P.J. Fleck in early January but that was before the start of the early signing period. So, um, yes, I, it, it is a, a the contract date running January 1st to December 31st does probably, in most cases, unless you're a really desperate top-tier team who thinks that you can bring in an, uh, a large quantity of, of guys in February, uh, it probably does guarantee you, bare minimum, two more years of PJ um, because the buyout will be too too high for anybody to come, unless, of course, you're just a school that has just absurd, stupid amounts of money. Um, but even even in that case, you know, if, if you're a school that has absurd amounts of money, you're still probably paying off absurd amounts of money to the coach who you just fired. So um, one would think that, yeah, this definitely would, uh, would trend to, obviously, PJ being the coach of the Gophers in 2020, but it would be really, really hard, even if somebody else wanted him for a, a school to try and bring P.J. in in, in 2021 and um, in that case P.J. would basically be responsible for two recording classes because yes, as we said um, you know, by the time by the time teams want to make an overture, the Gopher 2021 class should be all signed and, and, and ready to go, so um, you know, we always talk about uh, what if P.J. leaves, well if it gets to that point that PJ's leaving in 2021 uh, something tells me we've had one hell of a Another couple of years, so I think um, you know at that point we'll be we'll be pretty happy and sitting where we are.
0: Yeah, and I think when we talk about somebody who can pay a ten million dollar buyout in addition to whatever they're paying their last staff, phew, I mean at that point Minnesota was never going to outbid them anyway. So, well, you got to be looking. One would assume, unless you have
1: high class boosters, you're looking at more of a private school, anyways. Like, you know the the let's just say Notre Dame would be the name that would be the one you'd have to continue to think about working because if people really wanted him, Notre Dame has enough people that can find the cash for it. But, you know, looking at other state schools, there's no way Michigan State's paying a $10 million buyout. There's no way Michigan, arguably, is probably paying a $10 million buyout. Um, You know, so I think you know, if we're we're seriously talking about it, one would think that Notre Dame really would be the only legitimate threat, and even they're going to balk at looking at that number, one would have to think.
0: All right, so I'm in agreement with you. I think this is a really good deal. I would rate it an A. I think this is a deal that's very friendly to the University of Minnesota. I'm actually really impressed. I thought with the money that Jeff Brom got paid, I thought with the money that you know, uh, Scott Frost got paid. I felt like there was no way that any extension they offered was going to come in under five million dollars, uh, and I just sort of made my peace with that. But instead, they were able to negotiate a deal that comes in, you know, just over—it's four point six million, so just over four and a half million. It's got a seven-year term, but that's really not that uncommon anymore. Uh, Broome's deal was for six. Uh, Frost deal was for seven. You know, that's a pretty common thing now to get an extended period. And the buyout terms are friendly to the university. We talked about what would be owed to the university if, if Fleck left, but if they fire Fleck at some point, they only owe him 65% of his remaining contract. It's a structured a little differently than what I think folks are usually used to, which is typically 100% of base salary times number of years. This is 65% of total compensation times number of years. But I mean, even then, when you think about it, it this is looking like it's probably a minimum nine and three, 10 and two kind of year. Once you've had that kind of year at Minnesota, you're not talking about letting a coach go for three more seasons. And at that point, the buyout isn't uh, isn't so bad if it had to, if it had to go down that way. And I certainly, at this point, feel much more confident that Fleck will be able to sustain at least a minimum level of success rather than cratering. You know, following this season.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you know, the the number will be reasonable if we get there in a worst case scenario. But I think it would have to take some some epically bad luck for us to get to that situation. I mean, even if we do have a, a you know once in a generational type season this year, and we report you know re- recess back to seven and five, eight and four type years, I I don't you know. If the Minnesota fan base is calling for his head after two or three years of seven and five, I think we really need to take
0: a look in the mirror and and go, "What the hell are we doing?" I would agree with that. So, I mean, is there anything that you would like to have seen different about the contract? I mean, if you had to nitpick anything, uh, what would you what would you go after?
1: Honestly, I mean the only the only thing that I would nitpick is the fact that, you know, it goes from, from 10 million year one down to four and a half in year two. Um, you know, it, it I think it sets up that if the Gophers have another two years of, of great success that you're looking at then, you know, basically throwing this contract out and, and re-extending it with different terms again, which is fine and, and fully expected. Um, but it, it's a pretty steep drop. I guess I would have wouldn't have mind seeing a middle ground there, going from like ten to seven to four and a half, rather than you know directly from ten to four and a half. But you know, obviously PJ and his agent had a lot of leverage in there. Um, you know, looking at some of the uh, looking at some of the additional numbers where it comes to um, you know add-ons. I think all those are fine. The incentives, you know, if, if he somehow gets the U to a college football national championship, he gets an extra 300 grand. Uh, if he gets to the playoff, it's an extra 200 grand. If he wins the big 10 championship game, um, it's 150. If he gets us to the big 10 championship game, it's a, it's a hundred thousand. And actually the, the big 10 numbers are over. So if he wins the big 10 championship game, it'll be 250 because you'll get the 150 for winning the big 10 title. And then the hundred for getting to the game. Um, I think all those numbers are reasonable incentives and things like that, you know, um, He's getting academic incentives when it comes to APR and graduation success rate. Um, I, I think the one clause that I found really interesting, and I, I, I'm sure it's legalese much more than actually interesting, but uh, there is a clause in there that basically says, at the end of each season, including any postseason play, the university will review its performance and achievements, both academic and in competition, and based upon the review, they could say, hey, you know what? You did such a good job, we're going to give you even more money. Um they don't list out specifically what that might be, but it basically sounds like it's, uh, the university can make a decision and say, you know what? You did such a damn good job that we're going to throw you a, an even bigger bonus.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I, so that basically, that basically looks to me sounds to me like, uh, we don't, no one feels the contract needs renegotiation, but you need a little bit of like, I don't know, keep you happy money. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, and
1: like I said, and, and you know, I, I don't so I don't see anything wrong with any of those. Um there are a few clauses in here that I am a big fan of, and I think I would guess that you are as well. Um one of them being the uh, significant increase in the supplemental salary pool uh for assistants and staff. Agreed. Um, you know, it's listed as February first, 2020. The university will agree to add an additional one million fifty thousand dollars for salaries for assistant coaches and under staff. Um, and then February first, 2021, they tossed in an extra two hundred grand to that pool as well. Um, I think it was as as MV uh, former. Uh, the Daily Gopher writer and now and now sort of a free agent out there who uh, used to blog. But he said uh, that's probably a good thing because uh, Joe Rossi is going to get paid. And I think that's definitely true. I don't think we're looking at Dave Aranda type numbers. But uh, you can bet your ass if the university wants to keep him on after this year. They're going to have to give him a significant raise. Um, or else he'll be looking for somebody who's willing to poach him for uh, for more money.
0: Yeah, because I mean they got him for kind of a steal since he was coming from a position coach, back up. You know that'll give you some leverage to to pay a little lighter. But you know, given the performance of the defense, that's uh, yeah they got to come. They got to bring some cash to his door. I think for me, I think what I, I what I like about it is is that and I, I understand what you're saying about the ten million to the four and a half, but I think that's probably one of the major concessions that. The that that Flex agent negotiated in exchange for what is ultimately a very you friendly deal, and I think it's if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because we've already talked about how it essentially protects the university for two years, uh, and not, if I, if it doesn't, you know, even if it's not on a very technical level, two years of protection, what it does give is it gives Flex uh, room to negotiate for continued good performance, and I think that's a perfectly fair place to be. And if the exchange is a friendly deal that if Fleck doesn't perform, ultimately protects the university versus a deal that offers incentive and opportunity for his agent to come back and negotiate harder, if he does succeed, I mean, at that point, we're happy. He's succeeding. Yes, go ahead. Negotiate hard. Get a little more money. Move yourself into that 5 5 Million range that six million range. I mean, if he has another year where they finish, you know, the way that we hope they're going to finish this year, you got to pay. You're going to have to pay him that kind of money because he's going to be performing at the level that requires that kind of compensation.
1: No, you're right on that, and that's that's definitely the true. And I think uh, you know, uh, I think. PJ's agent is, is a smart man and it's definitely, as, as PJ said, and I think there's this is honestly probably mostly true that that he didn't actually have much himself to do with negotiating this contract. He pretty much left it up to his agent and answered a couple of questions here or there but his focus was pretty much 100% on the team and, and when his agent got to, to things that he thought sounded good he ran it by him and he's like yeah that sounds that sounds reasonable and I think yeah as you said there's there's leverage in there for PJ if, if things go really well in the next season or two to uh, to make a move to try and even get a better situation so it it's like I said we as we agreed it's a win-win for everybody you know the U possibly gets him for a little bit under market value at least for the next year or two um, but there's definitely room to renegotiate if if the Gophers continue to have a, a fantastic finish to twenty nineteen and and come back and do the same in twenty twenty. So, um, you know, I I think you you can't really be uh, you can't really be too disappointed if you're uh, if you're a Gopher fan, or you can't really be too disappointed if you're uh, a, a fan of PJ Fleck and his ability to
0: uh, make a living. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's actually my my final thought on it is. I think I don't want to like make some big thing of this. Obviously, I know nothing about the conversations that PJ Fleck had with his agent. I'm certainly not going to sit here and try to suggest that he's a saint for not trying to get more money when he's already making a ton of money. I do think it's pretty obvious that he was in a position to 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 hardball and squeeze a maximum dollar amount out of the University of Minnesota. It is possible that this is that dollar amount. I would expect that if he really wanted to do it and he was confident his team could win two more games, that he could have just held off, waited to the end of the year, let some other schools court him even if he didn't plan on going anywhere and sign a deal for 5 5 or 6 million. He didn't do that. And for what little that's worth, I I'm appreciative of that because I think That's where that, you know, clause that leaves them room to negotiate hard with future success. I think that's a, you know, when he said, uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote from the press conference, but essentially, you know, building a life in Minnesota. I don't hear him say something like that and assume he's in Minnesota for his lifetime. He could very well have dreams bigger than Minnesota and have schools in mind that will meet that. And I don't begrudge the man at all. That's what any of us would do with our careers. But... I do think, at least in the terms of this very specific period of time, I think what he's saying matches his actions. I think the way he signed this contract suggests he was comfortable taking maybe not the maximum money he could get, but money that is certainly fair and reflects that he has continued to improve the program. And I think you watch somebody like, again, nothing against Jeff Brom. Man deserved to get paid got himself his money but he wasn't worth the money they paid him when they got it he was worth close to it but not exactly that and now he's not producing so i'm i'm happy that if we ever go through a downside uh a slide of some kind with pj we're not going to look at the at the contract and go okay what the hell
1: well and that is something to point out i mean you know PJ is still making less than Jeff Brum. PJ is still making less than Scott Frost, um, and and <laughs> you, both Purdue and Nebraska fans. As you, you were talking about Purdue, you know, I saw several Nebraska fans <laughs> saying, "Wait a minute, PJ is making less and doing more than 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 Frost is for Nebraska." So, um, you know, yeah, it, it you know fully expect that that number will continue to go up if P.J. continues to do and help the Gophers do what they've done here in 2019 in the future, but uh, it, that is something to think that, yeah, this brings him to the top half of the Big Ten, but he's
0: still going to probably come in what,
1: sixth in the Big Ten most likely, I'm yeah, guessing? Yeah,
0: and, and then he's only like 21st nationally.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a very reasonable number for Minnesota, and uh, you know, like I said, I don't think anybody can be be unhappy with where we're at, and um, you know, it, it just just to go on to a slightly different tangent, it's interesting looking at the other clauses. You know, I'm sure PJ had most of these in his previous contract. I don't think there, there's too much tweaking that was done to this. But, you know, the fact that basically in his contract it says the University of Minnesota will pay for 60 hours of private jet time for him to go recruiting or whatever. Um, and, that's, and that's just you-funded dollars. You can get more money from, from private donors and he can use that used even more, but, but the U will pony up 60 hours per year. Um, you know, suites and tickets. PJ gets a suite to every home football game. He gets 20 tickets to any bowl game that team will go to. He gets up to six men's basketball season tickets. He gets up to four men's hockey season tickets. And there's a clause in there that pretty much says he can get tickets to any other event if he wants. He just has to sort of run it by the athletic department. And they'll basically be like, uh, sure, here you go. And then the other one, um, which will be interesting to see, uh, the Nike Elite allotment. So the Gophers still currently uh, have a contract with Nike for their apparel, obviously, although I did find out uh, that that is expiring next summer. So uh, that'll be something to pay attention to negotiations on that here in the next uh, six to eight months. But uh, currently, at least, as long as under the current Nike deal, Nike gives the University of Minnesota $49,000 for basically being a Nike school, and um, pretty much you will basically say, all right, PJ, you've got this $49,000 allotment that you can basically decide how you want to divvy it up between your assistant coaches and your support staff. So basically it's another chunk of money that Nike gives the U for being a Nike school that PJ then gets to give to his assistants, um, for, you know, whatever
0: he wants to do. So, um, so what you're telling me is that in a week, one of the local news outlets will be reporting on PJ Flex personal slush fund.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll hope that nobody goes quite that far, but, uh, I guarantee you that, uh, There will be plenty of FOIAs filed in the next six months.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes this edition, a special edition of Great Takes Less Filling. We will have a SkyU podcast coming out on Thursday. Keep an eye out for that. Still have all of our normal preview content. If you're listening to this and you haven't checked the blog yet, uh, you should be doing so immediately. There will be a lot of great celebrational uh, A lot of content celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Gophers' 1999 upset over number two-ranked Penn State. Uh, so you've got a lot of great stuff to check out prior to Saturday's huge game. So, go Gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. <music>